Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, everybody out there. Welcome back to Positively Wrestling. I am Tim Kennard, and the heel to my baby face, the brain to my gorilla, the blue dust to my gold dust, Stephen uh, Davidson. <laughs> How you doing, Steve? <laughs> well, I tell you this. I've been a victim of many a St. Valentine's Day massacre, <laughs> all of which were far more brutal than anything on this show. So I'm glad to be talking about this and feel good about Valentine's Day. Okay. Well, hey, fair enough. Fair enough. You went a little dark there, but that's all right. That's all. Right. I turned it around at the end. You did. You did. You did give it a spin. Yeah. But hey, everybody there out there, welcome to the show. This is a special episode. We are, of course, doing another retro review here on Positively Wrestling. And this one, is for the WWF St. Valentine's Day Massacre. In your uh, house. In your house. That's right. It was technically in your house, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, what a great time that was when they introduced In Your Houses. Oh, it, it changed everything. Yeah, it really did. We um, went from, from five pay-per-views a year to a pay-per-view a month. That's what did it. Yeah. And what I thought was all his, what I loved about In Your House is some of the ridiculous names that they got. Beware of dog. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. But, but at they, least that had to do with the British Bulldog. There was also the one where it was It's Time, which was supposed to center around Vader. But by that time, he'd fallen out of favor and he wasn't even on the card. Wasn't even on the card. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but uh, this one, of course, took place. Uh, In 1999, February 14th, uh, at the Memphis Pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, And it was uh, the 27th In Your House pay-per-view event. Correct. Yep. Interesting. Um, This show, uh, definitely interesting. Definitely interesting. Uh, We had uh, just uh, some quick little notes about it, uh, stuff that we're not really going to cover, but just if people want to know. It did have a dark match and two matches on Heat. Um, too much. Brian Christopher and uh, Scott Taylor defeated the Hardy Boys in a dark match. Of course, too much went on to become too cool. Grandmaster Sexay and yeah, uh, Scotty Too Hardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Viscera with Midian defeated Test with the Big Boss Man by disqualification in a singles match that was on Heat, as well as Billy Gunn, of course, with Triple H and X Pac. Uh, he took on Tiger Ali Singh ended in a no contest when only 40 seconds <laughs> that's that's not a contest You're yeah correct. that's not even a contest um but of course uh we we talk about the main show and this one centered mostly around vince and austin um that was the main event in the in the cage match and we'll get more in depth on that uh but uh i have the poster where both me and steve can see right now of the pay-per-view and uh i i always did like the uh the preview posters for uh the events especially there in the 90s when they really started to get the edge um just the creativity they've always been good at at any sort of production 
whether yes. it's poster music, um, just production, nobody in the business has ever even come close to approaching what WWF slash WWE does with their productions. Um, yeah, just, they, they have some great artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and however you want to define an artist, they've got good ones. So yeah, uh, a, a fun poster here of Vince angrily holding a bouquet of roses. Um, and the thorns making his hand bleed. And the thorns making his hand bleed, yep. Yes. Uh, and that classic Vince face, just, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> the Mr. McMahon, I hate you face. Yes. Um, but uh, the show kicked off proper with another uh, ongoing feud there on the undercard. As I made reference in the intro, uh, it was Gold Dust going against Blue Dust, the Blue Meanie. Um, and... Of course, you know, uh, Meanie, Richards, and Nova uh, famously were the Blue World Order, and Cop, you know, always had this, and even uh, Blue Meanie and Steve Richards had a long-running kind of uh, gimmick in ECW where they would copy different wrestlers, and I Mm -hmm. did find this image. Apparently, he did the Blue Meanie in ECW long before... (laughs) He did oh, it yes. in uh in uh in WWF. So I thought that was kind of neat. And I think that yeah. I think Stevie's doing his Baron von Stevie, <laughs> the copy of Baron von Raschke in that image. Yeah, they they did a lot of copycat. Just you know, that was the that was the gimmick, is that they were copying other people. Uh but BWO, that's the one that stuck and that really caught on yeah. in ECW. And that became a thing. Um and they they carried it over when they made the jump to the WWF. I wouldn't say to the same level of success. No, but no. They did carry it over to the best of someone's ability. I don't know yeah. if it was the best of their ability, but so, surely for someone that would have been their best. And th- I'll tell you what, there was an image I was going to put in the slideshow. One of the only other images I could find to kind of relate to this match. But I was like, nope, not doing that one. But it's uh, where Meanie is copying Goldust laying on the couch oh yeah 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 our audience our audience can't see any of these images <laughs> no, they will soon soon one day <laughs> talking about things our audience can't see but i'm just talking about stuff I mean, i'm describing it though at least yes <laughs> but anyway so the the first match is blue dust versus gold dust and um not not a super long one it's only a, a three minute match but yeah i mean and it's it's pretty much it's still still too long still too long yes um <laughs> this was this was not i love gold dust yes I, i've talked about gold dust before love gold dust this this was so stupid yes <laughs> <laughs> it was just stupid it was a waste of pay-per-view time it was almost like uh, let's let's get him in a match well he's got to have a reason to have a match paint that one blue <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh, yeah. The, yeah the story here being blue meanie is kind of using gold dust old tactics against him Mm-hmm. From when Goldust first made his uh, appearance in WWF, so he was like trying to harass Goldust and and turn the tables on him. Um, I, I barely remembered this; it did not leave much of an impression on me. I had um, totally forgotten they did Blue Dust versus Goldust. Yeah, until I rewatched yeah. the pay per view, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Meanie misses a moonsault. Goldust gets the curtain call for the win and and hits the shattered dreams after the match. But yeah, uh, I don't. If it's gonna be on the show, it definitely shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been the opener. You want to open strong, you want to close strong, and they did not open the show strong. No, although I will say the crowd vicious 
was just really, really calling for that shattered dreams. They wanted oh, to see yeah. somebody get kicked in the junk pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, they were having a bad Valentine's Day too. They wanted it to be worse for something. That's else. true. That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, very quick match in and out of the way, very fast. Next match, we got our first title match of the evening. And uh, you had Al Snow, head, 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 head. Uh, taking on Hardcore Holly. Except Um, he wasn't called Hardcore Holly here. ah. He was still Bob Holly here. And this was kind of the beginning of his metamorphosis into Hardcore Ah. Holly. He didn't have his music that we associate him with. Yeah. Yeah. So he was just Bob Holly in this Hardcore title match, which he wins here. Yes. uh, Was kind of the beginning of that transition into Hardcore Holly. Yes. Um, yeah, and talk about somebody, especially for me, my first memory is spark plug mm-hmm. Bob Holly when he yeah. had the long hair yeah. and was the race car driver. Well, and even was- before he was Bob spark plug Holly, it was worse. He was Thurman sparky plug. No, that's the one that is yeah. that's it. Thurman sparky plug. That's the yeah. one. And then he became Bob Spark Plug Holly, which isn't yeah. great, but it's better than Thurman Sparky Plug. Yeah. Oh man. So some rough gimmicks he went through, and you and looking at those, you'd be like, he's not going to be anything. There's no way right. he gets above lower mid card. Yeah. And he went on to have a very, very important and fruitful career with the WWE, and a long career, very long. Yeah. Even after even after he stopped wrestling, he was uh, involved, I believe, backstage. Yeah for a number yeah. of years so um, he definitely uh he made his mark and then al snow again another another great uh mid carter that started earlier in wwf i believe uh he avatar wo- avatar yes avatar yep. wearing a mask wearing a mask uh mm-hmm. and then kind of fizzled out with that and then jumped over and was in ecw and uh kind of finally found the spark which was head um the mannequin head which was very just kind of random just happened by chance one night that he he, you know he had this gimmick where he was crazy and nobody understood it because he's sitting there talking to himself so then he found this mannequin head Mm -hmm. like next door in the closet and he started talking to it and it just exploded um it did too he was huge in ecw yes um and, you know, gimmick carried over when he came back over to uh, WWE with the invasion and all that stuff. And then the job squad. Got to love the job squad. <laughs> yeah. Do the J-O-B on the PPV. That's right. Get that paycheck. Um, but always, I always enjoyed uh, um, Bob, uh, not Bob Holly, <laughs> Al Snow, <laughs> blanking on the name. Well, he's a funny guy, too. He, yes. He's very quick-witted. Uh, and he he just he understands the fundamentals of wrestling and he he understands how to make a match entertaining and also make it believable i liked this match yes uh as far as hardcore matches go this was this was good yeah nice back and forth they went everywhere uh outside. it didn't take long before they were outside and yeah. then they found themselves in the mississippi river yeah <laughs> It's like how many, I mean, these two are probably the only two in wrestling history that can say our match went into the Mississippi. River. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of another pair. Yeah. For they, sure. 
and, so, and they were former job squad teammates. So yes, there was some history yes. here. Yeah. Now Road Dog was a hardcore champion, but the title was vacated um, because because of a kayfabe injury. What kind of hardcore champion gets <laughs> beaten up so badly they have to forfeit their title? I know, right? It's like. <laughs> Come on. Did you really deserve the title in the first place? <laughs> um, have to say, though, Road Dog, um, prior to this recording, news broke that uh, he, he did apparently suffer a heart attack. Yes. Um, so we hope we hope he's doing well. Seems to be headed in the right direction. But yeah, we hope yeah. he's doing well. Yeah, definitely. Get get well soon. Um, Road Dog one of my favorites throughout the years, another guy that went through great transformation to become a top star. Yeah. And one of the greatest talkers. <laughs> ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this match back with uh, Al Snow and Bob Holly. Yeah. Hard hitting out in the Mississippi river. Uh, of course, eventually Bob Holly comes out on top. It felt and, like a fight. It felt like a real fight. Yeah. And with some of the stories we've heard about Bob Holly, part of it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. He worked a little stiff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, he gets the win. He wraps uh, Al Snow up in chain link fencing outside so that he can't, uh, he can't escape and he gets the pin and wins uh, the hardcore title. Yep. And this is the beginning of Holly finding his niche. Yep. The hardcore Holly. Uh, next we we kind of go backstage. We see a little promo with the ministry. The ministry the, of darkness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as uh, they're prepping, they got a match coming up uh, between big boss man who was representing the corporation, of course, and Midian, which, uh, <laughs> Midian. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> All the people in the ministry <laughs> and Midian's the one that gets the match. You, you, he gets sent out there, Midian, um, which had like the eyeball in the jar gimmick. <laughs> Just naked Midian. Oh, naked. Oh, naked Midian. Oh, yeah. Gross. Um, I- Phineas Godwin was a genius gimmick compared to Midian. Yes. Yes. I, I just see, I think it was just like, well, he he's available. Let's put him, we, this faction needs to be huge with as many people as we can stuff it with. And we'll throw him in there. Well, what's his thing? I, I don't know. <laughs> you got Underneath 20 minutes. He's naked. <laughs> you have 20 minutes. Go. <laughs> they just. Well, he was also really good friends with the Undertaker too. This is true. He was part of the uh, BSK. The BSK. So I'm I'm sure Undertaker pulled some strings to get him in in the ministry and to try to give him a shot to do something. But it, it wasn't a character. It was just a name. And then he walked out there and showed no personality on a yeah. regular basis, and uh, nobody cared. Yeah, he like drew a little symbol on his forehead, and like I carried that jar, and that was about it. <laughs> and then and then this was a few between Vince McMahon's corporation and Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness. This isn't the Undertaker that most people think of. This was a heel Undertaker. So it was a a feud between two heel factions. Mm -hmm. It just didn't work. Nobody cared. This match got boring chance. I love Michael Cole starts it out, by the way, (laughs) by saying as earnestly as he can, folks, this will be a good one. I'm like, Cole, even even over 20 years ago, you knew very well this you was knew not well going to be a good one. <laughs> not going to be a great match. And it wasn't. And it went on. And again, I, and I love Bossman. So it's another one. I love Bossman, but he was much better as the Cobb County Georgia cop than he yes. was in this enforcer role. 
I enjoyed Bossman much more as a babyface. Um, yeah, or even the heel when he was even the, the heel when he was with the, Akeem yeah. and feuding with Hogan and all that. But yeah, none none of this worked. It got boring chance and the crowd didn't like it, and I didn't like it. Just none of it worked. Yeah, this match went six minutes longer than it needed to. Uh, FYI, it was six minutes and nineteen seconds. Yeah, <laughs> um, it it fell longer than that. It really did. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, so Big Boss Man picking up the win, defeating Median. Yeah. Um, then the Ministry attacks afterwards. Yeah. Beats him up. The Ministry, by the way, included the Brood, so Edge and Christian. Yes. And Gangrel. The Acolytes, who went on to become the APA, mm-hmm. Bradshaw and Farouk. Viscera was in there, Midian, Undertaker. Um, so some people that went on to become big, big, big stars. names. Yes. Yeah. But this this just didn't work. Yeah. Love the brood. Love the brood. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They were better not being in the ministry. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had our second uh, championship match of the night, and it was for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Uh, of course, champions Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart, and they had Deborah uh, by their side, went against D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry, and they had Ivory in their corner. Um, and there was like a little budding feud because deborah kept getting involved in the series of matches leading up to this so they brought in ivory to kind of neutralize deborah um but uh so you want to talk about talent in a match here yeah. we go this one's this one's that now mark henry didn't have it yet right <laughs> right <laughs> he, yeah he he wouldn't be good for uh, at least another decade and i'm not even exaggerating it, it was probably around 2010 2011 that mark henry finally found his groove yep um it wasn't here but the other three, uh, no, no complaints, especially Owen and D'Lo. Yeah. Uh, talk about two of the hard, hardest workers at the yeah. time uh, in WWF. It was definitely D'Lo and Owen. Very uh, cool spot where um, Jarrett whips D'Lo into the ropes. And on the rebound, Jarrett attempts a leapfrog. And D'Lo just slams him with a sky high. Yes. Seamless. Yes. High impact. It, it, was, it was good. I'd also like to point out that at the beginning of the Bossman Midian match, Michael Cole says, folks, this will be a good one. At the beginning of this match, Michael Cole says, this should be a good one. So he had more confidence in the Bossman Midian match <laughs> than he did in Owen, Jeff, D'Lo, and Mark Henry. Oh, Michael Cole, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Man, jeez. Um, but uh, yeah, this again, this is a great match. Went, um, let's see, almost ten minutes. So, which is about right. About yeah, about right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, uh, Jarrett and Owen retain uh, the belts. Um, Owen hits Mark Henry in the leg with a guitar, and then Jarrett gets the figure four for the tap out. Yeah. Uh, and then Ivory attempts to make good on her promise from the pre-match, which is if Deborah gets involved, she's going to rip all her clothes off. Uh, she tries. And this was a mark of the time. It <laughs> was. Know? It was. No boring chant for this, by the way. No, no, definitely no boring chant. In fact, there were probably some other chants that were wouldn't play too well. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. Today's she, she largely succeeds in ripping the top off. Yes. She doesn't get farther than that. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was. It was definitely a mark of the time. Uh, that was a huge part of the appeal uh, in the Attitude Era was uh, sexuality. Yeah. And uh, Deborah brought it. That's she for did. sure. Yeah. I mean, she was not really. She. I, mean, I don't know 
maybe once she was an in-ring performer and that was probably in a bra and panties match or something like that yeah i think she did some of those but she was never a serious she was pretty much just arm candy and eye candy Mm -hmm. yeah um and uh pretty good pretty good talker i thought yeah no she wasn't bad on the mic um yeah and and for those that know at one point was the real life wife of steve austin (laughs) yep yep uh next up talking about uh the sexualization of WWF at the time. Uh, Val Venus took on Ken Shamrock uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. And um, this feud had been brewing for week, maybe even months. I can't remember how long the setup on this one was. But of course, Ryan Shamrock, uh, the kayfabe sister of Ken Shamrock, uh, was involved with val and ryan and not ryan but ken couldn't take it (laughs) couldn't take it overprotective brother yeah take it so much so to where uh hebner said that he would not allow one of his referees to be a part of this match because of how some of the refs had got had taken bumps during former altercations so they had to get a special guest referee and who is it it's billy gunn (laughs) He, he was not a good ref. No, no, no. <laughs> he was and not. I, he was out of position on several of the false finishes that would have been convincing if he'd been where he was supposed to be. Um, he, he And when I say he's not a good ref, I don't mean kayfabe. I mean, his his performance as a referee was not a good performance. No, it just wasn't. It no. Wasn't. Um, I think he just wanted to wear the stripes. That's all I, it was. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But, I mean, this was a pretty hard-hitting match as it needed to be, given the circumstances of the feud felt a little slow to me it did drag a bit this one actually surprising this was like 16 minutes yeah this was yeah, a fair, long fair match long. it was inoffensive like there was it didn't suck there was nothing no, bad no. about it but it was just a little slow i thought it could have had more energy again i always thought shamrock was good in the ring venus was a veteran and and was a great worker so the in-ring work wasn't terrible it was just again went a little long wasn't well structured we'll say um but uh yeah val ends up picking up the win um of course uh they made such a big deal because shamrock's wailing on val venus and uh and then ryan's just like i love him (laughs) the words no overprotective brother wants to hear while beating up the boyfriend (laughs) yeah val by the way ironically wins this match with a small package yes (laughs) ironically (laughs) the big i i I have a story okay okay um okay now a a disclaimer (laughs) um i'm not gonna say anything bad here but if you have kids who are listening if you let them hear the story you're going to have to explain something to them that you may not be ready to explain to them yet okay maybe if you have kids skip up a two or three minutes but i'm not gonna say anything horrible i'm not gonna curse anything like that but you may not be ready to explain something here because uh, there was something that actually you, Tim, needed to explain to me once. Um, ah. Val Venus's finishing move was called the money shot. The money shot. And this was a reference to something in adult films. Yep. I had not heard the phrase before. You were clearly very familiar with it. And I was a teenage so, boy. <laughs> so, so was I. <laughs> but I, I did not know what that phrase was. And so um, I asked you one day and you, you told me, Fast forward years later, I'm teaching. 
And uh, this is the only, the only context I have for this phrase, Mothership. Okay, you have to understand this. I love this so, story. So I'm teaching. <laughs> And I'm doing a math problem on the board and uh, we're getting to the end of the math problem. And one of my students says, all right, here comes the money shot. And I stop and I turn around and I say, you know, that's probably inappropriate to say in a classroom setting. And he kind of looks at me and he's a little confused. And he said, what? I said, well, you know, because of where the phrase comes from and its origins and, and it probably just shouldn't say that in a classroom. And he, he finally gets what I'm saying and he says, oh, oh, oh wait, no, no, no. It, it comes from sports. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, and he's like, yeah, like, you know, if you make a, a good goal in basketball, or score a big three point or something like that, that, that they call it the money shot. I'm like, oh. And so I pause and I think and I say, oh. Well, I don't watch much sports. And then I turn back around and start to write on the board. And then I realized how that probably came across. Yeah. And so I turn slowly back around and I say, okay, wait, <laughs> let me explain. And so I had to tell them about Val Venus. <laughs> oh so my goodness. That's my Val Venus money shot story. That and it's tremendous one. That one <laughs> is amazing. When we're rich and famous, we're gonna put that into a TV show somewhere. <laughs> Man. Anyway, <laughs> that is a great story though. But yeah, Val uh ends up winning the Intercontinental Belt over his first title. First title. Yeah. Um and uh <laughs> by the way, Ken Shamrock had had the Intercontinental title since October this was february that was rare for this time that was a yeah that was a legendary title run for 1998 into 1999 it only got worse from here like val's title reign only lasted a month uh, and and even that was kind of long for the intercontinental title at the time um so i thought that was that was noteworthy that shamrock in the attitude era managed to hold a title from october to february yeah because they they really did play hot potato with a with lot of the titles. every titles with every title basically including yeah. the the world title which we'll talk about here in a minute yeah um but yeah but again just a little bit long but otherwise an okay match yeah. um next up we had another tag team match no titles on the line here this was just egos grudge match big grudge match yeah the corporation represented by china and kane because she had recently kind of turned her back on dx Mm -hmm. uh, and they took on of course triple h and xbox from degeneration x um this one went about 15 minutes good pacing here didn't feel like long this one felt right this was a good Mm -hmm. a, a good match to go back and watch again i liked it yeah um yeah shane was on commentary yeah shane on commentary yeah and this was the first time (laughs) yeah (laughs) but he hadn't been around long enough to be that annoying yet um but now that it's been two plus decades yeah uh this was the first time that a woman had officially been involved in a men's match in wwf this this was the first one so they kind of got their toes wet here in a tag team setting now china was she not a part of the rumble earlier? Uh, okay. Was it that this year? Rumble? This is 1999. She might've. Been... I think they made mention of it on the commentary. Okay. That's why I say that. Yeah. Um, but this As... would be still her first, uh, you know, non gimmick. Right. Match. Um, right. More of a standard 
one on one, two on two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought they made China look better than she was. Um, She was a good athlete. She was an average wrestler. If you really looked at her work, there was a, a, a part here where she was getting hit by the Bronco Buster from X-Pac, but she set it up about two minutes too early and found herself in the corner waiting for it when it wasn't time for it yet. So Triple H walked up and just kind of like picked her up out of the corner and they went on with their spot and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, there, and I, I mean, I, I noticed uh, called out there at the, at the very end of the match uh, where Kane catches um, Triple H in the choke slam. Uh, and he stops him from pedigreeing China. China just kind of gets up and looks around and then just stumbles down and can't move. <laughs> yeah. Like, she didn't yeah. really get hit with anything. Why is she so out of it? Kind of right. deal. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, she was still green when it came to being in yes. the ring. Yes. Um, but again, personality-wise, athleticism, off the charts yeah um but she was still finding her way around the ring and she again was. like you said she never quite broke that ceiling to she, be she wouldn't have been one of the four horsewomen no 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 uh, but if she was in there with someone who knew what they were doing they could definitely make her look good so. yes yes yeah she she could raise her game a little bit if she was in there with the right person yeah um, but she was definitely a, definitely a game changer definitely broke yes. through uh glass ceilings and and made things easier for women who came later yeah i mean it without her doing what she did would lita have gotten that opportunity would right. trish have gotten that opportunity yeah. um and you can just kind of go on down the line as that trickles yeah uh, but yeah um, she she did get the pin on triple h after the cane choke slam and it took true. a long time for tim white to come back to the ring because he was outside dealing with uh uh, X Pac and uh, Shane. Shane, that's right. And it took a long time for him to come back and make that three count. Um, so uh, yeah, Triple H willing willing to wait that long and take the pin for China here, but not willing to do the same for Booker T at WrestleMania 19. No, no. no. So uh, say what you will about that, um, yeah. as many people have. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so but again, a good match. I liked it. You know. Um, yeah yeah it, I, lo- it was, I like everybody uh, that was involved in this match minus shane mm-hmm. uh well even at the time i guess I, I didn't care you know either one way or the other was shane yeah um he was just a spoiled brat basically yeah uh, but um up next uh basically co-main events is how you could kind of call it because these are two huge matches back to back uh another grudge match pretty much uh but this one was for the WWF championship. You had Mankind, who was the champion, versus The Rock. And, of course, we talked about Hot Potato. (laughs) Mankind, of course, winning this title on a very legendary episode of Monday Monday Night Raw. Yes, and then losing it Mm -hmm. at the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. um, And then winning it at Halftime Heat. Yep. <laughs> and then we're here. And then we get um, to here. Yeah. Uh, now, this was the last man standing match. Yes. And it was the first ever official 
Last Man Standing ah, match. So okay. this, this marked the beginning of that. And I've talked before, I, I'm not crazy about Last Man Standing matches, but much like we hadn't gotten to see enough Shane to really come to hate him at this point, uh, I hadn't seen one yet. So I really, I, I didn't... Didn't know. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, this this was fine. I, I, we have You talked about it though, co-main event. Rock, Mankind, this is for the WWF title, but it's not going on last. No, no, it isn't. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. So it's it's not a thing we just deal with today. Uh, this has been an issue going back, you know, it happened before CM Punk. Here it's happening to The Rock. I mean, he's not the champion. Right. And he doesn't win this match. He does win it the next night on Raw in a ladder match. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, The Rock and a WWF title match not going on last. Yeah. And we know Rock and Austin they weren't enemies in real life, but they weren't really friends either. They were very competitive with each other. And mm-hmm. I know this had to rub the rock the wrong way. Yeah. I, I, I could definitely see it at the same time. And I, and, I, and this, and I guess this is the counter argument. Um, Austin and McMahon was the hottest feud in wrestling. Sure. No question. Hands down. And yeah. one of the hottest feuds ever, ever in the history yeah. of wrestling if yeah. not the biggest arguably uh, the biggest and, and, and there and there when we talk about the austin mcmahon match we can point out other reasons why it may have gone yes. on last um, um but so i mean you can make the argument because of how hot that feud is it had to be last but we'll get to that um yeah. with again like the mankind and the, and the rock uh, went 22 minutes um mm-hmm. so it didn't overstay its welcome it was a nice nice length and uh, some great spots in here. Uh, he had done it in several matches and in several forms. He goes and gets on commentary during the match. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, gets interrupted by Mankind whooping his ass. <laughs> he's, in his, uh, he's wearing his infamous tracksuit here. Yes, too, the rock tracksuit. That he wore for a while after he had pectoral surgery and didn't want it to show on television. Yeah. And so uh, he was in this tracksuit for a while. I have a tracksuit that looks very much like his tracksuit that I wear when I go running. So but, maybe he left some sort of stylistic impression on me. Did, did you have pectoral uh, surgery? No, should I? Uh, well, I mean, look at the rock. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know what? That's as good an argument as any. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll schedule it for Friday. But uh, this uh, this match had, you know, all the good spots. We we got to see Sako. We there were chairs and DDTs through tables. Yes, Rock countered a pile driver through the announce table with a back body drop, where Mankind's head hits the announce table and his feet hit the timekeeper's table. Yeah, that was a. Oh, that was an ugly one. Yeah. Rock then drops the ring steps from the inside onto Foley on the outside. Yep. That spot they faked recently with Apollo and Big E. Yep. They didn't fake it here. They no. did it. <laughs> they showed it to you on camera live. Mick Foley um, was the Jackie Chan of the WWF. <laughs> yes. No uh, gimmicks, no stunts. Just hit me with it. <laughs> just do it. Just do it, man. Yep. Yep. Uh I, he uh, he being the rock also started singing smackdown hotel yes on the, on the live on the house mic until uh foley got the mandible claw by the way he got the mandible claw without wearing socko i found that disgusting <laughs> so you'd rather have something that's been on someone's foot or down someone's crotch area put in your mouth rather than just their hand no 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 disgusting from foley's point of view 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to put my fingers in somebody's mouth without wearing a sock on my hand. Um, okay. At least not at least not the rocks. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if we switch him out for somebody else, but yeah, definitely not the rock. Uh, of course, uh this match goes to uh a draw. <laughs> a draw. Fans loved it. If there's anything wrestling fans love, it's a draw in a title match on pay-per-view. And this might that could be actually the biggest factor in why they didn't have it going. It's last. definitely one of them. Yeah. Um I don't know if it's the biggest, but it's certainly one of them, yeah. But yeah, so but again, good match. Uh they, they did they did promote this as there must be a winner. Yeah. And then no winner. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that if there's not going to be a winner. You can do your draw, but don't say there must be a winner and then not give us a, a winner. The crowd booed enchanted yes. BS. Yeah. Um, so they they weren't happy. But the work here was good. Both these guys worked really, really hard. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, of course, the main event, as we've been talking about, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon inside a steel cage. Um, leading up to this match, of course, they had the stipulation, you know, if if, if Austin uh, attacked McMahon or touched him, um, then the steel cage stipulation would be out. And Stone Cold really wanted him in a steel cage where no one could get in and interfere. And McMahon even guaranteed that no member of the corporation would get involved or they would be fired on the spot. And he uh, was right. And he was 100% correct. Didn't know nobody from the corporation. And I mean, this man, they, they, you know, McMahon colored up for a guy that uh, notoriously doesn't want color on his TV. He uh, got, he bladed (laughs) and and got bloody and and put the color on. Uh, And this match, I mean, this was, it was only eight minutes, significantly longer. I mean, shorter than the, uh, Mankind versus The Rock. The official match, but they fought for forever before the bell rang. Like the whole, the the battle probably went, you know, at least 20. Yeah. Um, The official match, it it didn't happen until long after the infamous bump that Vince takes from the side of the cage, which was brutal. Yes. And Um, I mean, big ups to Vince, the owner of the company saying, I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I won't do myself and goes yeah. out there and shows it. Yeah. Even then that, that bump was not supposed to go the way it went where <laughs> he flies off the cage and lands on the edge of the announce table yeah. and it doesn't give way at first. It, yeah. it, it absorbs all the impact first and then it collapses underneath him. Um, and one of the one of the commentators said, you know, he's broken in half. And if so, it would have been lengthwise. Yes. Not, not perpendicular to his waist. It would have been down his spine. That's how Split he landed. Up the middle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it it's to this day one of the most painful looking spots I've ever seen. Yes. Um, I agree that it is a nasty bump. Uh, but I mean, again, testament to how tough McMahon is. Mm-hmm. took the bump and the match kept going and he was part every step of the way he was there um yep. i mean this was really just austin beating the trash out of mr mcmahon for which was exactly what it needed to be yes yeah. um i mean just <laughs> the 
McMahon and the fingers and the blood. It was uh, the only counter move he had. Yeah, the middle finger. <laughs> it was the only thing that worked. Yours, <laughs> Every time Austin was about to leave the cage and win, Vince would just flip him off, and it would get Austin to come back in. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know what's to stop him from winning the match and then doing it? Well, nothing. But if he doesn't in the match, then it's essentially legalized a legalized beating yes i can't go to jail for beating the trash out of this person yeah yeah Um, and of course the debut of paul white uh towards the end of this match uh austin is uh down you know doing the shaky head talk to mcmahon while he's laying on the ground uh taunting him and a hand emerges from the corner of the ring underneath Underneath, through 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 the the canvas canvas. uh and a very big hand yes (laughs) grabs austin and then boom this long-haired just mountain of a man comes out of the corner and it's paul white the big show well who would later become the big show do you remember Uh, what they tried to get get over first as his name before uh, the big show no i don't they tried the big nasty the big nasty yep that's what they tried they tried to get it to stick it didn't work nobody Thank was buying God. the big nasty <laughs> yeah uh so the big show is what eventually stuck yeah yeah so comes up through the ring starts beating on austin throwing him against every side of the ring then we get to that extra hard throw that throws him into the cage that makes the wall give way and swing out uh and then of course austin drops down and is named the winner of the match but that was kind of the okay the fans get their winner but the story here is paul white yeah um and that this feud is not over between mcmahon and austin in any way it's gonna keep going and now we have a new player and it's paul white and was one of the first huge name guys uh from wcw to or that was, you know, originally WCW. Yeah. To emerge into WWF. Yeah. Because um, yeah. X-Pac had make, made the jump before. Yeah. Um, which which was a huge moment as well after WrestleMania 14. Yes. Uh, but he had previously been there as the 123 kid. Yeah. So this was just big, big stuff. And yeah, just good Lord. I, I mean, I, b- by winning this match, by the way, Austin keeps oh, his title shot at WrestleMania his title 15. Street, yeah, where yeah. he would go on to face The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, that's a good pay-per-view. What a gimmicky pay-per-view for In Your House, but loved it. Yeah, I, I certainly liked more than I didn't. This isn't my favorite time period in wrestling. As I look back on it, um, it, it doesn't quite hold up for me. It was an exciting time in the moment. You never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Never knew what was going to happen. Never knew what they were going to do on their TV. Um, But they sacrificed a lot of wrestling quality for the spectacle of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, that doesn't work as well. But this was a pretty good show. We had the the last man standing match, which was good. And uh, seeing Austin wail on Vince McMahon for 20 minutes, that was fun. And yeah, the DX match was fun. And, um, you know. Midian was not. No, no. no. Blue Dust was not. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, Owen, Jeff, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, even even with all the uh, you know the um, 
the stuff I didn't care for, this was a pretty good show. Yeah, you know, I'd probably give it at least a C plus. Yeah, I, I might even I might even go B minus. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, maybe even a B because oh, I mean right. nothing. Only a couple things really sucked. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, it was it was definitely a show that that represents the time well. You got a yes. little bit of the blood that you were used to. You got Austin Man, which was this was their only official singles match. Um, oh. They had they they advertised one for April thirteenth, nineteen ninety eight on Raw, and then it was kind of a bait and switch, and they yeah. didn't pull the trigger on it. But it worked. It pulled in the ratings. People jumped over to Raw to see that match because that was the one where like. It, it, it just throughout the night it was them preparing for it and preparing yeah and austin was preparing for austin had to have one hand tied behind his his back back. yeah Yeah. um so that that never the bell never rang for that so that was not an official match um but you got austin mcmahon on the show you got blood on this show uh you had a little bit of sexuality on this show um it was everything that wwf was in the attitude era is on this show yeah so yeah agreed well, that was a fun retro review. I what was, uh, you said you were going to do this. Okay. These retro reviews. Yes. So uh, what was something you loved? Uh, I would say one of my, my favorite moments. Um, hmm. I am going to go with, for me, it is going to be Austin and McMahon. Cause it really was the, the thing I was most, even at the time, most excited for, right? Uh, and watching this, um, but I, for me, it's it, it's got to be the debut of Paul White. Okay, I like uh, how, and, I, and I like how it, it was done. I like the whole giant coming up from under the ring, the surprise of it all, everything that was part of it. That was probably my favorite part, and certainly it led to a, a really good long run of yes. over twenty years. Yes. And many world championships. And yeah, so good, good move on his part, making yes. that jump. Yes. Um, for me, it, it was also during the Austin Vince match, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't what you think. Uh, after the bump through the table, um, I couldn't help but notice poor old Hugo Savinovich oh, playing no. dead <laughs> <laughs> for, for basically the rest of his life. I think he's still laying there. <laughs> nobody played dead like hugo, hugo savinovich man anytime that table collapsed he tipped he tipped over and his arms were flailing and his yeah. feet were up in the air every single time that was another trademark of the attitude era was hugo going down with the table every time and he well, did the it spanish announce table i mean everybody would sit there and say the spanish announce table is getting it in this match <laughs> Yeah, it's the whole reason yeah. it was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lana better be glad she wasn't around during this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. I forgot about Hugo. Oh, <laughs> but you're right. He was so entertaining. So yeah. entertaining. Um, but yeah. So hey, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please uh, comment, like, share. Tell us what show you might like us to do a retro review on in the future. Any suggestions? are greatly appreciated and any feedback we'd love it we do have some more uh, fun ones coming up yeah we do we have some some other stuff planned uh as we head towards wrestlemania here in a very very short while and beyond Uh, and beyond of course but yeah uh and some big stuff coming you know we alluded to pictures that we could see and you guys couldn't uh there'll be some hopefully some news on that front coming soon as well um but yeah anything you want to close on there steve 
no, not really. All I'm right. good. Everybody, cool. uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, you can, of course, reach us on uh, Twitter at plus WrestleCast. Uh, that's P L U S WrestleCast. You can find me at Timothy K. You can find Stephen at Bizarro Doom. You can even find us on Facebook. Uh, just search for the Positively Wrestling Podcast and just tell your friends, hey, they can listen uh, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. We're pretty much everywhere um but thanks a lot and we will see you later on our regular show here on positively wrestling